the fuck is that guy? Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Christmas. Hello and welcome to episode 209 of the Spitballing Pod, or Protect Your Neck episode 4, maybe, if you want to go back there. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Rory Ford, our annual UFC roundup. I think we've done it the last three years, probably, since the pod started, so... Yeah, it's been a few years now, Luke. It's been a few years. Um, probably not having many episodes this year for uh, various other commitments, but um, always good to come in for an end-of-year MMA roundup and uh, wish all of the uh, listeners a happy Christmas and uh, a happy New Year. I mean, uh, some of our listeners, we might not want it, so we won't say it for everyone. <laughs> but since some funky people in the the, the, the comments before... So usually saying they haven't seen a film that we're doing. So, oh, well, that's more Christmas for them. That's more on their home own head than uh, than ours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, tuning in the two themes together, there. I actually watched Home Alone for the first time uh, in the build up to Christmas this year. Which, Have you um, seen Home Alone a, two? Yeah, I saw one and two. I think I prefer two, apart from when the pigeon woman pops up. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind some of my fighters taking the damage that the uh, two guys in Home Alone take <laughs> we, and still keep coming forward. Um, we did one of the we did one of the movie pods on Home Alone, and they would have died like I think it was near like thirty times across the two films. It was the bricks to the head that got me, and he's been it from about seven stories. With well, in the brick. first one, he takes the blowtorch to the head and stands there for about <laughs> six seconds. Yeah, and they were like his head would have just been rotting even if he'd stayed alive. Yeah, like yeah. when you bring like in a in a in a restaurant where they bring the steak out like still sizzling on your plate. That's what his <laughs> head would have been like. Yeah, no, very fair, very fair. Well, with with these questions, um, don't have quite as many events. I don't think after we were shut down for several months, but whether the UFC should have been back or not. They did come back, so we do have plenty to talk about. Good place to start, Fighter of the Year. And I've seen some contentious picks online. Who who was your uh, male Fighter of the Year? Um, I had a few. So pretty standard ones, I suppose, in, in the ones that I went for. But the three names that instantly came to mind were Kevin Holland, um, given that he had five wins and four KOs. Israel Adesanya, two wins, albeit one was one of the worst fights of the year yeah. against Costa, uh, against Romero, sorry. But the demolition, uh, demolition of Costa was mightily impressive. And then I gave a mention to um, the God of War, Deverson Figueredo, yeah. um, given that he had uh, a close draw last time out, but also the three wins before and uh, pretty quick turnaround, four fights for a guy competing at the championship level. Well, the fact with it came out after the Moreno fight that 
he was in hospital like 4 a.m. the night before yeah. he poisoned him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks even more impressive. The, the, the UFC was yeah. like, come on, you are the main event here. Do us a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I heard Dana saying after uh, somebody said, oh, were you aware that he was in hospital? And Dana just sort of went, yeah, of course I was aware. I know what all my fighters were doing. And then I kind of thought, if he was aware, why on earth he let that fight go ahead? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't remember who it was. I, I, in my head, it it was Khabib before one of the um, Tony fights, where he he went into hospital during his weight cut, and then yeah. I think it was Dana was like, "What? Why did why did he go to hospital? You knew that was meant he wouldn't be able to fight." And it's like, well, probably because <laughs> his biggest worry wasn't whether the fight would still go ahead or not. And I think that's when Tony started the tiramisu thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been the most recent time they were booked, was it? Yeah, or the time probably. before, maybe? I don't know. They've been booked that many times, it's hard to keep a track of. But um, No, the most recent now, one was what ended up then being... Oh, uh, um, COVID. Yeah. COVID cancellation. That's when we yeah, then okay. got Ferguson. Yeah, I okay. did go for Figueredo, and I thought... I had it between Figueredo and Adesanya, as as you mentioned. Yeah. The the winner of Romero for me meant that I gave it to Figueredo. Yeah, that was my logic as well. That was my logic as well. Of he he's won more times. I mean, Kevin Holland's worth a shout, but I mean, some of the guys you're beating probably don't even have Wikipedia pages, nah. so it's harder to give as much credit to him rattling off five wins, albeit they are stiffening competition all the time compared to Figueredo, who's beat the best guys in his division. You have some work going on in the Ford household. I think, to be honest, it sounds like my neighbours are trying to put my wall through, but um, I'm having a bit of a mare here, so I apologise for any of the background sound, but it sounds like they are... uh... We've we've had worse just having... uh... Harper and Keenan on the call sometimes. So the noises they make. Well, uh, and shoot actually. Yeah, sleepy shoot. I'll try and uh, speak a bit louder so people can hear me better and maybe drown out the noise in behind. But um, given the snow we've got outside, maybe they're making best use of being indoors over the festive period. Or building igloo. <laughs> yeah. With um, with Figueroa, I did think that some will probably mark him down that. So in the end, it was uh, two fights of Benavidez, the win over Perez and, and yeah. Moreno. The fact he missed weight the first time with Benavidez is probably a black mark for some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then he did go back and right the wrong in even more impressive fashion. So, And even more so, most champions were lucky if we got them fighting once this year. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. Um it's a recurring theme when I'm picking my fighter of the year, both male and female, is that you do have to look at a bit of activity. I don't know that you can have somebody fighting a couple of times and still be considered fighter of the year, hence why Adesanya maybe didn't quite top my list, despite the fact he probably had the best yeah. championship one performance against um, Costa. His other fight was that bad that it kind of dragged him down a little bit. Yeah. It was a uh, well that Romero fight was a disgrace. Although I do put the blame on Romero for it because he's the one coming to win the belt. So you're yeah. the one that's got to put your foot forward. You've always got to take the belt off the champion. You can't simply um, sort of let him give it to you, sort of thing. I, I always think in those kind of close fights, 
regardless of whether you think maybe Romero did a tiny bit more, you've got to go and take the belt, and he certainly did not do that. Well, it's, it's like, as well, um, obviously you are playing into Izzy's hands if you come straight at him, but mm-hmm. at the same time, did Romero think he was going to win like a point-fighting battle? Because yeah. this wasn't even a point-fighting battle. This was a literally... like Leg kick you, from if, Izzy and uh, a bit of smiling from Romero. If you knew Shoot back in the day, if you played fight night with him, what he would do is he would come out and he'd land a jab. And then he would legit try and run for the remaining <laughs> 250 of the round just so he'd outlanded you. And that's essentially what Romero... Adesanya was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't particularly enjoy the fight, albeit I was glad that Izzy won the decision. Um, and it kind of made me slightly less excited for the Costa fight. Um, obviously, in the end, we got absolute fireworks, but the sort of way that the Costa fight played out was so different to the Romero fight that it was almost a bit like, well... Maybe Romero was right to take that cautious approach, albeit nobody really enjoyed it. Um, it's such a hard one. How do you go about beating the man that, that can win either a terrible fight like against Romero or, um, you know, can sort of... It, it was almost like Costa pulled the knife and Izzy pulled a gun in the fight. You know, it was just such a golf in striking ability and uh, it was just ridiculous, wasn't it, really? Well, I'm sure there's some statistician out there that, that's done it, but the UFC should just never guarantee fireworks in a fight because every time they do, they say, like, this is a guaranteed knockout, this one can yeah. be boring. Just for, just for memory, in, in, in recent times, you had the Chaos Williams-Fajaya uh, fight last week, yeah, or the week before, whatever it was. You had um, Tim Means-Mike Perry, and that's only in the last month. Yeah. Yeah, I and think then you had Latifi, uh, Lewis, Romero, Adesanya. Every time yeah. they said it, it never was. Yeah, I suppose they've almost got to kind of sell the fights, though. I mean, they are in the business yeah. of making money, I suppose. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, whatever Dana says, you've always got to take with a pinch of salt, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was a pretty poor fight. But I suppose going back to the actual question at hand, this is why Davison get my gets my yeah. nod. And the fact he had uh, submissions and power in his hands, the fact he's sort of given us a flavour of both really sort of stood out to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Benavidez as it is, so seeing that <laughs> beat down, they did the second time. Yeah. I couldn't believe that um, Benavidez and Megan O'Levy agreed to do an entire documentary for the UFC on the run-up to that fight. <laughs> Because they had about six cameras on Megan O'Leary just while her husband's getting beat to like near death. Wow, wow. And that's, I mean, the life that's out rough. Of him. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen that nor heard of it. But that, she she got that asked about it. She was like, "Well, this is kind of the life you sign up for." So, I mean, yeah, she's like, it, yeah. won't, "It won't be one I watch back." <laughs> like, oh, really? And she's like, "Weirdly, weirdly enough, it was quite a traumatic um, event in both of our lives." So, no, I don't think I'll watch it. Yeah, now. I mean, you'd be begging almost the the corner to get the tower then when he's getting his yeah, what was almost like his uh, half of himself or whatever was left of him getting strangled. When when MMA first started and uh, it was a lot more barbaric, 
um, a fight could only end with the fighter tapping or the corner chucking yeah. the towel. And yeah. a lot of them would tell their fighters. I remember there was some documentary, I think Ronda Rousey uh, commissioned it, but essentially they'd tell their fight, their corners, like, if you throw in the towel, you won't be cornering me next week. Why was if he's KO'd? Well, this is the thing. So I think this is where they took a turn because obviously if the fighter's refusing to check the towel in and yeah, they are slumped, then I haven't seen any footage, but I assume it didn't end well. What did you do? Just keep it in the guy in the face? You know, so. the, you know it'd be a <laughs> bloody death, wouldn't he? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That was absolutely crazy. If you go with what we said about Adesanya then, female fighter of the year. Um, I actually I don't want to went... be harsh. I would begrudgingly giving it to anyone yeah um i didn't think there was a whole lot of choice um i couldn't give it to nunes because she only fought once couldn't give it to Li zhang because she only fought once so i ended up landing on shevchenko despite the fact that they weren't even brilliant fights that she was in but at the no. same time she's won a couple of times one of them was a finish against um chukagian level of competition was the- wasn't great but she has still was- won twice it was in like it was like two minutes into the third round, and I'd backed um, over three and a half rounds. Yeah. So. Yeah. She did me there, so. Yeah, I mean, then she did then beat Jennifer Meyer. Not great competition, as we say, but it is hard to almost criticise. I mean, I am I am doing it now as we speak, criticising champions for not turning out four or five times a year, but. Only turning out once. I mean, I just don't get it. We even what had a, a 38 year old Floyd Mayweather turning out in May and September every year. What, Do you know what I mean? We've yeah, we got to get I a bit more. I didn't give it to um, Wei Li Zhang, but I thought her one win was more impressive than Shevchenko's two wins. It, it annoys me because. It was, but then play, playing devil's went... advocate, it was only a split decision. There is people out there that scored that for Joanna. Yeah, but what I was going to say is Shevchenko essentially did what? They, they made a division for Cyborg just so they could have her as a champion. Yeah, it didn't yeah. go well when Nunes then took it, but they, they made this weight class just so Shevchenko should go up and dominate it. So saying how dominant she is never sits well with me when the, the level of competition Jessica I was number one contender not so long back yeah very true very very true and then Cynthia Calvillo and the less said about those two the better well well I stayed I mean... up to 5am to watch them two fight <laughs> in a 5 round main event yeah yeah that was one of the one of the worst events of the year that was I, that was truly terrible I actually led towards some prospects more than the champions in in, in, in level of like how impressive the victories were. And I looked at yep. um, Yan Zhaonan, who had wins over um, Karina Kovalkovic and Claudia Gadelia in the same yep. year. Yeah. And then also less exciting competition, but I guess this would be if we kind of had a breakthrough female fighter. Amanda yep. Ribas started the year with a win over Randa Marcos, then beat Paige Van Zandt by decision. I know it was yep. last year, but the fight before that, she bought, she beat Mackenzie Dern, so she's essentially just going through yeah, I mean, like, poster girl the UFC have and just taking names. Well, I actually thought Mackenzie Dern was worth a mention here. Yeah. Given that she ended last year with a loss, she then came out and beat Hannah Cyphers by um, knee bar, I, I think it was. She then armbarred Randa Marcos and got the unanimous decision against the other um, 
high level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, practitioner. Yes, so I thought that was pretty impressive as a year goes. I mean, two finishes and then a, a, a half-fought victory against somebody that matches up pretty horribly stylistically for you, given that she is going to contend with you where you've got such a golf against other people. So I thought that was a pretty impressive little run of wins and, and puts her back at now what is a very impressive 10-1. and one. Is it worth mentioning um, Hannah Cyphers a year? Started the year January 25th against Angela Hill, got TKO'd. Yep. Then went into a fight with Mackenzie Dern in May, got knee barred. Yep. After starting surprisingly well, she was peppering Mackenzie Dern early. Mm-hmm. Then went in for her flyweight debut against Maria Agapova, yep. and she gets rear naked choked in round one. Yep. And then ends the year. Goes back to straw weight, misses weight. Misses weight as well, yeah. Gets rear naked choke by Mallory Martin. So, yeah. Hell of a yeah. year for Hannah Cyphers. <laughs> After building up a lovely bit of momentum, winning it to uh, UFC uh, numbered events, if that makes sense, at the back end of 2019 or Herbie in 2019. In, um, Pollyanna Viana is actually quite a nice win now when you look back at it. Yeah, yeah, split decision, I think, off the top of my head. So I'm not uh, I'm not going to be singing the praises too much. But <laughs> after this year being finished four times, it's, it's you know probably the worst year of any active uh, UFC fighter. Yeah, so I mean, Shevchenko, if you're going at the level of victories, the levels of over Meyer and yep. Chepig, you know, higher than any of us on there, but. Yeah, they were, I, they were the two of for Shevchenko to... and. and um, yeah, Nan would have been my pick, and I know it is a shadow of what's left of Karolina Kovalkovic. Yeah. Yeah. She's not the best anymore. I mean, I remember when I was like sort of backing her to beat Joanna, and she actually rocked her, I think, in the yeah. third or fourth. Was it the it fifth, five, actually? Yeah. And sort of like backed her up against the fence, and you're thinking, oh my God, surely she's not going to pull this out of the fire after being peppered for four rounds. But uh, yeah, sadly didn't. But um, I remember backing her actually for that fight and sort of thinking she had a half decent chance. Um, looking back, she couldn't move ahead, and Joanna hits faster than anyone, so it probably was only ever going to go one way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's something that you only really have to talk about with um, female fighters. But Karolina Kovalkovic having uh, surgery done when you're mm-hmm. coming to the end of your career. When you've struggled to make weight anyway, and I thought it was the same with um, Paige Van Zandt, adding a couple of extra pounds to your chest probably shows that <laughs> you are on the way out of your career and you don't fancy it so much. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember Kovalkovic crying in the middle of the octagon after she got subbed by um, Gudelia in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the yeah. love went when she got battered by... Um, she got battered by Andrade, and then I think she gave it a couple more tries. And then I think when she lost to Alexa Grasso, when she absolutely pummeled, was where she was like, yeah, this yeah. isn't for me anymore. Yeah, sadly, she just doesn't really move her head and uh, gets pepped pretty regular. Yeah. So, um, yeah, never good. Never, never good. Her only having um, one amateur MMA fight and it being to Joanna is such bad luck. Yeah. That is very, very unlucky, isn't it? <laughs> that is very unlucky. The level of competition at uh, that, that sort of level is just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. 
what else have we got? So European Fighter of the Year. I thought this one was pretty conclusive. Um, okay, who'd, got, you go, who'd you go for? Big Jan Blachowicz. Yeah, I went for Polish power too. Um, given that he sort of had a breakthrough year this year, um, he was sort of a bit of a perennial contender a couple of years ago. Nobody really gave him much of a chance. And there he is sort of standing atop of the 205-pound division come the end of 2020. Um, if I mean, we if go back... Said, Sorry. If, you, if you'd have said that at the start of maybe even 2019, you'd have said, don't be stupid. You go back to 2017 for him. He comes off... Um, well, he, get, he gets into the UFC in a rough way. He starts out... He beats Latifi. Yeah. Then beat, then loses to Jimmy Manawa and Corey Anderson. Yeah. Gets a win back and then has to face Gustafsson. So he gets back to winning ways and he beats Devin Clark, Jared Cannonier, Jimmy Manawa. Yeah. Um, in London, actually, Nikita Krilov. Yeah. He then meets Troy, and his career, he suffers his first loss in three years. Mm. And then I don't know if Troy was the bad luck charm or Troy gave him a boost, because from there, he beats Luke Rockhold in that was ridiculous. disgusting care. That was <laughs> um, ridiculous. Beats Jacare. It's by a split decision, knocks yeah. out Corey Anderson and then knocks out Dominic Reyes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, against Reyes, I just thought, I actually thought Reyes would give him quite a lot to handle, but you just thought from the first shot that landed yeah. from Blahovic, you thought Reyes wants zero part of him and he's never going to be able to take him down. 37 so not really years gonna... old he is now as well. Blahovic. Yeah, because he listened back to DC on the commentary saying that everyone in that division is now going to fancy their chances. And he added him with what? Yeah, if it's so easy, why don't you come out of retirement? I'll deal with you. DC had to yeah. tell him, no, 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 I, I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for Blahovic, fair play to him. It, like you say, it's uh, sort of come from nowhere and he has just smashed two people this year with really impressive KOs. Rockhold got stick as he does for having no chin. The shot that um, Blahovich hit him with, well, he could have had the best chin in the world and he, he was still going down off The shot that Romero hit him with a couple of years back as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been wiped twice and that's probably why he's not fought again since. Well, there is a difference as well, isn't there, between having a bad chin and having a bad defence? Because Well, yeah, the one against a, Romero a great particularly chin if was got awful. Bad defense, then, yeah. The one against Romero was ridiculous. He just sort of stood there with his hands by his hips and wondered what happens when Romero connected with that overhand left and then proceeded to uppercut his chin into oblivion. Yeah, that was one of the only ones that makes me squirm when I watch it back. That and um, Jeremy Stevens over Josh Emmett are the two I always go to in ones that make me squirm when I see them. And that's mainly the, the slow motion of, Jeremy Stevens, where it's quite clearly out, and the refs just in a different dimension. With, yeah, yeah, you do see some pretty light, horrible ones. With the light heavyweight picture, the rest of the contenders, as much as they're licking their lips, probably mm-hmm. is Jan Blahovic, who doesn't seem quite as uh, unbeatable as John Jones. Mm-hmm. They're giving the title strop straight to Adesanya, so. Yeah. Brother, who's had the comeback of all comebacks in his career. Oh, ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. Now has to wait out for Adesanya to probably 
well, at least attempt to take the belt off Jan. And then they're all thinking, oh, God, that's like, it's like fighting John Jones five years, ten years before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You haven't got to worry about a takedown, I suppose. No, not ideal for them, but hey, that probably, when you look at the middleweight picture and the light heavyweight picture, they could probably keep Adesanya there, but everyone wants those that picture with the two belts since uh, Connor did it. Yeah, not so long ago. What would that have been now? Sort of seven years ago now, maybe? Six it's worse ago, as well, maybe. because it, they almost don't put any credence now into the um, winning two belts. It's You have to have them simultaneously, like Udo yeah. did and DC did, which is even more annoying. DC the only one to defend both while being a double champ. Yeah, it's it's annoying that you sort of get to this position where you get a lovely build-up of sort of a champion, but they're only really able to do this because there's not a lot of contenders. You know, if Adesanya had, if we take it back, say, and he had another guy like Costa or Cannonier would have come out and wiped out Whitaker, then he probably wouldn't be able to step up because that person would be there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't uh, doesn't work quite like that, does it? No, so we'll see how we go there. Um, you didn't have anyone else for European fight, did you? No, he was my he was my one. I guess the only uh, other one I've mentioned really would be Marvin Vittori because of his end to the year. Yeah, he, he uh, he's built up nicely, and uh, to be fair, if you've got no appetite to see Whitaker go in there again against Adesanya, he's going to be the next guy. The fight they're trying to build is him against Kevin Holland just because they've been smack talking, but I think even Holland would admit it's probably a bit early for him. Yeah, I mean, but now where does where does Holland go? Unless he picks off sort of Uriah Hall or maybe uh, regressing Calvin Gastelum, Derek Brunson. Yeah. You know, uh, unless he's fighting those guys, he's fighting sort of near top five guys or guys that are probably yeah. below what he wants to be fighting now. Um. You know, he probably doesn't want somebody like Till. He doesn't want Cannoneer, and he certainly doesn't want Costa or Whitaker. So, you look at sort of the picture of middleweights for um, Holland to fight, and I mean, who does he go for? Well, if if Hermanson had got the win over Vittori, he would have been in for a shout for the European fight of the year after. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Hook on Gastelum. I did love that. Yeah, but then loses to Vittori. Um, Upset of the year, then, so this could bring back some PTSD for us here. <laughs> um, um, there's actually two I got, and they're, and they're both uh, women's fights. Oh, so, since uh, your girl might get a mention here. <laughs> no, 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 no mention of, of anyone that I'm a particular fan of. So we had uh, Shayna Dobson against Maria Agapova, um, which I think was actually the biggest betting upset of the year. Sort ever, of actual, ever um, in the UFC. Ever in the UFC, okay. Which is ridiculous, really, thinking about it. it was a woman who only making her second UFC fight. But uh, um, I, was, I think I don't know if you were. I was on Shannon Dobson and something disgraceful, like one to three, one to four. You were uh, on Ag- Agapova, yeah. yeah, something ridiculous, like one to eight or something. I'm pretty sure I've seen some great against Hannah Cyphers, which is even more ridiculous now when you look back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mental. But again, like we said about Cyphers, yeah, maybe that. Uh, yeah. Maybe exactly. Dobson v Cyphers wouldn't actually be so much of a mismatch. Um, maybe it was just that Agapova got gifted the perfect opponent, especially exactly. when she had uh, 
a ridiculous amount of range on Cyphers, who isn't the biggest, let's say, um, compared to uh, Agapova, who's, who's pretty rangy for the uh, for the size. For the I hate Shanna Dobson as well. <laughs> I hated her when she was on top. And I hate her even more now. Yeah, and, and then the other one I went for was uh, Roxanne Monoferi v. Yep. Macy Barber. Um, although that was just a horrific fight, and I couldn't actually believe it ended the way it did. But again, that, I was on I was on Barber in that fight as well. I think. Yeah, of all the of all the upsets this year, that's the one where going in, I I, I couldn't see it going the other way at all. No, no. Because I had down. Um, Marlon Vera over um, Sean O'Malley, which isn't an upset in terms of the skill level, but in terms of derailing a hype train, you've got that there. Um, but Modafferi over Macy Barber, that was one where I quite literally just could not see it going the other way at all. No, no. I, I couldn't believe that she actually managed to sort of mount to rain down sort of hammer fists elbows and, and and just looked vile and it was just ridiculous well because there was she tried to make it a controversy didn't she where she said um the corner not the corner the doctors quite literally highlighted which leg it was what the issue was in the middle of the fight to say are you able to continue which did make it then a lot more obvious I thought when Roxanne just took her down and then tried saying after, you know, I don't want to do her any more damage. I just, it was, I could do it this way. It was a lot like, um, can you remember when Eubank Jr. fought Nick Blackwell? And Blackwell right. did end up um, in a very bad way, actually. But the corner kept it going. And there was the clip of Eubank Sr. saying, hit him to the body. And it wasn't saying hit mm-hmm. him to the body because he wanted to protect his head. It was hit him to the body because he wasn't going down from the head strikes. And Roxanne saying she took her down because she didn't want to cause her any more damage on the feet when she couldn't stand. Surely it was a lot more to the fact that Roxanne is a lot better on the ground than Barbara is clearly, and her striking gave Macy a chance. Yeah, Macy still got the chance of hitting the one hit a quitter, I suppose, on... on um on uh, uh Ferry. yeah i mean it's just ridiculous really that you can sort of say oh you know i don't want to do any more damage well pretty simply then take her out put her in any form of knee bar and the fight will be over she's going to tap as soon as you start reaching back for it so you know rather than sort of going in and smashing her face up and cutting her all over surely that's not doing her any more good either barbara is probably quite lucky that she isn't as high profile as um, O'Malley because they were both as cocky as each other. Barbara probably more so. If you remember, she said that she she had every fight they showed this countdown thing she had on her phone where she said she was going to be um, the youngest ever UFC champion ahead of uh, John Jones. And she had this timer on her phone that she kept showing saying, I've got this long left to get it done. And so... Yeah, Even then, the out. way she, she handled it, her dad came out and said that the commission screwed her and she would have won if it wasn't for them highlighting the wow. injury. And Barbara saying, look, I'm still so much better than her. Give me, the, give me the fight first thing back and I'll prove how much better I am. 
look, she knows. They even interviewed Barber before Modafferi in the Octagon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she didn't say that she should have a W on her record like O'Malley has. But she definitely didn't handle it well. And her dad seems just as bad. I mean, yeah, just absolutely ridiculous logic, isn't it? That saying, oh, you know, we still would have won. Well, you got absolutely pulverized, really, in, in every minute of the fight. Yeah, because um, I like, um, or I like Macy Barber when it seemed like she was just confident. Like, I do quite like cocky fighters while they're backing it up, which might say kind of sing when you're winning kind of thing. But up until the Khabib fight, the thing with McGregor, wasn't it, was that he got just as much credit because of the way he handled a loss as the way... Yeah, that, I mean, I never, I never really got that because he was still... You know, you you watch some of the sort of the back the backstage stuff, and he said, you know, look at the shots I landed. Everyone else would have gone down. Well, you've got to adapt your style to the man you're fighting. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Diaz the doesn't way get. Yeah, he yeah. and said, you know, credit where due, kind of thing. He, he never, yeah. never tried to say up until the Khabib one for sure. But yeah, Sean O'Malley was saying like, I'm still a much better fighter. Look at our, at the end of our career and see who's the better one. Macy Barber saying. Look, kind of like Cal Brook, where they say if the injury didn't happen, then I still win. As if the injury happened by them slipping in the octagon, not getting like kicks in the leg, punched in the eye. But Macy's team, you've got Asker and gassing her up. You've got a dad who looks like a real piece of work gassing her up. It's, it's not too <laughs> much of a surprise that that's how she's handling it. Yeah, it, it was pretty disappointing to see, but. You know, a lot of fighters. See, and that would probably be my like upset of the year. Yeah. Of, uh, Barber. Yeah, it's easier to give it to that one compared to Agapova because we just really didn't really think a lot of it, did we? No. And uh, we, you know, sure. as in, as in yeah, she very looked very impressive uh, yeah. the first time up, but we didn't really know a lot about her going into the fight still. We only saw that one fight. Yeah, and Chito, we knew was a good fighter. We just assumed O'Malley was a better fighter and mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. I do think if they fight five times then Yeah, O'Malley, O'Malley will probably get the job done three. next time. Yeah. yeah. Then he does have paper mache carbs clearly, so <laughs> everyone he fights is just gonna boot him straight there and hope for the best. Yeah, of course. Him against Aldo would be like his leg would come off. <laughs> even Aldo is even with leg kicks. Even with Aldo's chin. Yeah. Well, Aldo, Aldo's chin's been great since it was written off. If you look at the shots he wow. took against, um, he took shots against Moicano, he took shots against Jeremy Stevens, he took an absolute beating from Petty Yan and wouldn't go out. It would have been better for him wow. if he did just go out. The bloody, the bloody ref saved him multiple <laughs> times. I remember, we'll come back to this later in the show, but myself and you, I think, were both on the same bet and we were on the finish. Yeah. And I was literally screaming at the TV, <laughs> asking the ref to get him out of there. Because, you know, when I just thought, sure, you know, my worry was that Yarn was going to sort of take a couple of 10-8s and just coast the last sort of six, seven minutes of the fight and just be happy not getting the finish. So thank God he didn't sort of punch himself yeah. out or decide <laughs> just to lie on Aldo when he had the chance. You know, we just wanted to see punches flying and the ref to finally jump on in there. But 
Yeah, that was a that was a great watch for uh, yeah. Jose Aldo fans or or people that were sort of uh, cheering against him to be KO'd. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I had breakthrough fighter of the year up next. We mentioned um, Amanda Rebas, which if we had a female one, then that would probably yeah. be a pick there. But yeah, we meant you mentioned Kevin Holland for fighter of the year. Which yeah, for level yeah. of competition, he, he he was on my um, on my shortlist for this one as well. Yeah, he he would. Absolutely, be um, my pick for for breakthrough fighter of the year. I mean, I've been a fan of him ever since I saw him. I saw him on the contender series where um, Dana didn't give him the contract and called him Big Mouth, and then a couple of weeks later I had to call him back up because Thiago Santos needed an opponent, and so he went straight in there with his first fight in the UFC. Yeah. Um, was talking smack to Thiago while being pummeled for quite a lot of it. Then similar yeah. to um, Chimaev, who I'm sure is the other main contender here, yeah. he goes in with John Phillips, who he, he does submit with a rear naked choke. And then from there, I've just been a fan the whole way through, just everything he does, his attitude. And then to end the year, with that win over Jacare. Yeah, ridiculous um, KO as well, to be fair. Yeah, I, and I, I thought Jacare would give him plenty of problems. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, personally, when it went to the ground, I was like, Jacare's just going to be yeah. all over him. But, you know, he's, he's hit him a couple of times. You thought, oh, God, like that wasn't that, good. That KO was one of the most violent I've seen in a long time. It was the just way the way he was, he was back on his him. knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah horrendous. horrendous. The win over um, Charlie Antiveros, who... Holland stepped in late to face someone else and then they pulled out and onto their house came out on like three days notice and looked every bit of that. But yeah, that was the one where he gave him the slam and then it was the verbal submission and they yeah. had to carry him out on a stretcher because they thought he'd done some damage to his spine and they had to give an update right. later in. Yeah. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Darren Stewart, he won, he beat by a split decision. Nobody really beats Darren Stewart easy. No. Um, Joaquin Buckley, he gave that that beautiful um, like overhand shot where the mouthpiece came flying out, and that was the first we saw of Joaquin Buckley. Well, he also I think he get a mention later, I'm sure. Yeah, he also beat Anthony Hernandez to to start his year, who I'm actually quite high on as well. So, yeah, that uh, was yeah. a great way to start. Ham, apart from Hamza, there was one other person I sort of gave a mention to, and that was um, De Bronx Charles Oliveira, given yeah. that he stopped Kevin Lee and then dominated Tony Ferguson. We don't um, talk about him beating Kevin Lee. If you take the uh, Shorto O'Malley reasoning, that should be a W for Kevin Lee on that record. On what basis? The man got choked out. He was sent out to Brazil in the middle of COVID. His mind wasn't quite in it. You saw what happened when we're against Graham Gillespie when my man Kevin Lee's on it. And then they give him Oliveira because they're protecting Khabib. We don't talk about the Gregor Gillespie KO. We know this. They're protecting protecting Khabib from Kevin Lee. No, they're not. Khabib would polish Kevin Lee off in under... In under nine minutes. I think you're under, underestimating that wrestling. I'm not, because I'm realising that he's got one <laughs> takedown in him and then he's close to having a bloody heart attack. 
he showed the blueprint to beat Tony Fergal, and don't forget that. Yeah, by getting triangle <laughs> with staff. That was yeah, so good as well. Yeah, that was, yeah. We, uh, we sort of spied on the chest, didn't we, as he walked in? But, uh, yeah, no, that well, wasn't great. The commission didn't spot it yet. DC was caged on, like, screaming out, is that staff on his chest? Is that staff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't good. Um, but, no, I, I genuinely think Charles Oliveira from sort of, uh, you know, he's catapulted him right into the sort of title contention you know, we sort of question the merits maybe of let's see how Tony Ferguson is maybe in his next fight and it might be the case that Tony Ferguson is sadly just not the fighter he once was. But, uh, um, you know, the win over Kevin Lee, you know, I mean, like yeah, I say, he Ke- certainly had the best Kevin wins. Lee does get a few losses, let's say, but uh, yeah. I thought it was a great year nonetheless. I would say with, with it for, for breakthrough, if we were doing it by level of competition, absolutely, it's, it's no question. Say you had like a scale of one to ten, and you had to put them somewhere before, and then move to where they were going to be after. I'd say that Dubronx probably goes from like a high five six to about an eight, whereas someone like Holland or Chimaev probably goes from two three up till about six seven. So the jump, oh, I mean, for Hamza was broken through. Hamza would have been a zero for yeah. most people. The Chimaev I mean, I... does annoy me because, <laughs> yes, he has looked good. Absolutely, I, I won't doubt that I mean, at all. the starching of GM3 was, was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that was. But for us, for the style of um, Chimaev, John Phillips, you could not have been given an easier out than the bloke who has the worst takedown defence I've ever seen. <laughs> to the point where, do you remember we did the, the podcast um, over the first lockdown and one of the questions was do you think you could land the takedown on any UFC fighter I think I could take down John Phillips I've seen you at, at Jiu Jitsu Byron you ain't yeah. taking no you ain't taking him I'm down. taking down John <laughs> have you seen John Phillips I don't think you get close enough to him that, that could be an issue but I don't think you've I'm, got that I don't think you've got that power double in your locker. I'm not sure the shoulder roll works with John Phillips too much either because he's just going to punch through your shoulder. But <laughs> I think if I think I get locked on him. And even if I can't, I say that like it's the wrong way around, but a guy with Chemayev's credentials. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of... He's, he's, I mean, I don't know what the wrestling scene's like in Sweden, but he's repped Sweden at, a, at an international level. You know, it doesn't matter sort of how big or small the country is. That's still fairly impressive. Well, then he goes in with Reese McKee, who who looked good for Bama, but I think I think uh, Reese respect Bama. Yeah. Reese McGee is a guy. He he's tough as nails, but uh, sadly he's not quite got the ability of the top guys. Yeah, is what, I mean, what I'd probably say. GM three great win, obviously, but I mean his record in the UFC does look worse because of the guys he's lost to. I mean, Thiago Santos, no shame there. Beat Eric Spicely and Oscar Bajota, which looked worse for them in the long run. But then Jack Manson, Kevin Holland, back-to-back. Arguably yeah. beat Kevin Holland. Trevor yeah, Giles. he's just a tough... He's, he's just one of those guys, like you say, he sort of gives everyone a bit of issue, but not to Hamza. He absolutely annihilated well, it. It is worth... Remember, he did get slumped in the first round by Ian Heinish the fight before this 
Yeah, very true. Very true. So if if I was uh, giving it out, then I would give it to um, Kevin Holland, I think. Holland yeah, five, I mean, five wins in a two. year is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Just just seeing the records now on, on Kevin Holland, and we were speaking about some of the guys these people face early in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat Jeff Neal back in 2017. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know Knocked that. him out, yeah. Wow. Well, Knocked yeah, him out for impressive. the XKO welterweight championship. I mean, that's a high, That's a pretty... If you look back, you'd be going, wow, that's, that's some... That's some great fight I've seen there between those yeah. two. It's like I remember I went to watch um, a charity match. My dad used to manage a team called Lebry, which is in Herefordshire for sort of anyone from the UK that will know where that is. Um, sort of for anyone in America, it's it's a small, very small town in a pretty rural county. Um, and unfortunately, sort of a guy from Lebry who was a season ticket holder at Man United died in a car crash on the way to watching a game. So they sent down the under-16s to play uh, my dad's team. And you look back and you think, Christ, some of them players are pretty decent. Well, one of them was Kieran Richardson, who, who went on to you know, play <laughs> yeah, however yeah. many times in the Premier League and scored a hat-trick that night. And you just thought, Christ, that kid was good. But yeah. then you look back at the programme <laughs> sort of te- 10 years later and you go, yeah, fair enough. He's played like several hundred times in the Premier League and sort of scored goals in the Premier League was sort of a peripheral. Uh, I don't know if he's got an England cap, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's maybe no. got an England cap. Do, do you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. it's sort of a ridiculous level of player. I mean, I don't know who else played that night. There probably would have been a couple more that went on to do great yeah. things, but he was one you just looked at and you thought, that was ridiculous. And sort of, I imagine a similar feeling when you look back and you look at a fight like that, you go, oh, Jeff Nilby, Kevin Holland, yeah, these two could be half decent. You look back five years later and you go, Trice, yeah, we saw two pretty good guys there for yeah. the level that they were playing at. If it uh, if it helps with um, your cosign as well, um, four of the pe- four of the five people that Kevin Holland beat this year do have a Wikipedia page. Two of the three okay. for Chimaya okay. do have a Wikipedia page. But... Yeah, okay. I mean, I said it earlier, sort of as a bit of a tongue in cheek, but <laughs> I, mean, I imagine the guy that he slammed with the verbal submission, he ain't got a Wikipedia page, has he? No. Six, six of Chimaev's uh, professional opponents don't have a Wikipedia page, so it's, it's, a, it's a rough go for him. Um, Darren Stewart actually told a story this week. He's been training out in um, Sweden with Jim Manuer and uh, Chimaev and, and those boys and Gustafsson. And I know he's got the nickname, the dentist. He said he was grappling with Chimaev and he was, he was put in a choke and he popped like three fillings out of his mouth just in just in a choke jesus and christ he squeezes that I mean, hard he that was just freakish i don't know if you've ever heard the story of Charles sonnen saying what's the worst pain you've ever been in in the octagon and sort of a lot of people are expecting him to sort of say sort of like john joe and his elbows and he said well i actually he actually picked when he was doing a nogi grappling tournament back in um sort of pre-ufc days and he said he got caught in a guillotine by uh, the name escapes me by a Brazilian chap and he said basically the squeeze was that bad he thought his teeth were going to break well I remember when uh, Khabib stopped McGregor and at the highest level you, you do kind of turn your nose up when it's not under the neck and then I can't think which pundit it was for speaking about it and he was saying that that neck crank 
even if it's not happening, you hear like cracking in your jaw while they're squeezing and it freaks you out to the point where you're like this does it's not just uncomfortable like they say with some of them like where someone's got your back and you kind of punch over I your mean, head and they're like that's uncomfortable I mean you've got to realise like how, how bad is a schoolyard headlock yeah right but then but then you go to a a top professional athlete who's got a ridiculous squeeze and let him squeeze across your jaw and face yeah. it's not going to be good and you've got to think a schoolyard headlock is just pure arms. You know, when yeah. when sort of you've got to realise that Khabib's behind Connor, he's got the hooks in, he's probably arching at the back slightly. I mean, it's a whole different ball game. but even just the guys, if you think like, how bad was it when your big brother or some guy at school you were messing about put you in a bit of a headlock? You'd be going, oh, this isn't the most comfortable. Yeah. It's pretty hurts, but... You know, sort of levels to to that. You've got to think that it's pretty much that times by a million, isn't it? The fact Chimaev is the same age as us is quite depressing. Hey, I'm a young pup compared to you. I'm, 20, <laughs> I'm only year. 25 and a half. And he's 26, Chimaev. Yeah, well, he's lucky he wasn't in my bracket at school, I tell you. <laughs> the, worst, the worst cringe I've had this year was when Chimaev was interviewed by, I think it was, maybe it had been... I don't think it was ESPN, but it was like it's when somebody asked about his lip, was it? Yeah, and they said, "Is that is that a worry going in with a cut on your lip for this fight?" So what? And he's like, "That cut on your lip." Shemaev looked like, "Is he joking here?" Or no, that's been him. That's been there my whole life. And they go, "Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were just going in with a cut." There's not doing your research. Yeah, some of the stuff is just it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Really. It doesn't even look like a cut. It's quite like if no, it looks, someone. I mean, you might be able to say it's a, an old scar, like you know, a year old or something. But I mean, it's pretty well known, sort of what, yeah. what's happened there and, and why he's got it. Do you know what I mean? And it's not a really a nice thing to particularly chat about. I can't imagine no. for Jamaya. <laughs> no, um, I think we mentioned him before. KO of the year was the next one here. Did you have anything that could top? Joaquin Buckley's spinning back kick against Impa Kasanganai. I mean, the only person I get, the other person I gave a mention to was Cody Garbrandt against Rafael Arsenal. That wasn't even the best of the night. It was. That was better than O'Malley. It was. 100%. Just given that it was right on the buzzer and he's absolutely slumped him. They're swinging from the hip and then (laughs) that was like swinging from the other side of the he swung from his knee it was incredible yeah Impa Joaquin Buckley over Kasanganite when I think it has to be that one that was ridiculous it was just incredible wasn't it like it's something that you look like sort of seven eight year olds might try at some local karate school where they sort of like they're playing about before the lesson and saying, oh, anybody, can anybody land two kicks on the bag at the same time? Or, like, you know, one after another. But that was just incredible. That was like, it, it was basically an unbelievable version of a Chris Jericho insecure. <laughs> I know we said it on here before, and I know me and TK have said it on other podcasts before. We say the best um, KOs aren't the ones that make you scream. The best KOs are the ones that actually leave you speechless. 
I just couldn't believe it. Just yeah, could not believe it. The only bad thing about it was the, the commentary team because Dan Hardy goes right through me, <laughs> and hearing him do that same scream that he gives just when someone lands a shot on the floor and he does that same scream. Yeah. So it takes away from it somewhat. If 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 you had, I think you do have Felder there. If you had DC and Bispin in there, that would have been. Perfect, but yeah, I can't. Yeah, see I mean, it was topping that. I think, to be honest, we could probably be doing the KO of the year for the next ten years, and I think if you put that into yeah. the into the discussion, it would probably beat most. When that, like, yeah, I mean, the Jorge Masvidal one from last year would have been my KO of the year. I suppose you yeah. compare it to that; that was pretty incredible. But again, we've seen flying knee KOs. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. I, that that's sort of how I assess that to be just that ridiculous. That yeah. even when you compare it to the sort of year before, year after, it's still incredible. Um, it's still ridiculous. Submission of the year. What did you have? Um, so I, I had two sort of mentions. Um, the Amanda Rita. Um, sorry, Ariana Lipsky uh, knee yeah. bar. Because that was gruesome. Yeah. That looked like her knee was going to come out the other side of her leg. Yeah. Um, and then I went for the uh, Jimmy Flick yeah. um, sort of flying triangle. They're the same two I had done. Yeah. Um, but overall, I went for the knee bar just for pure. That made me like want to look away almost. It was that graphic. <laughs> um, and it was the fact she was in a bit of a dicey situation herself, sort of looked like the calf slicer was being set up by um, Carolina um, and then sort of Lipsky's just went, no, I'm not having that and just yeah, tried to take her, her whole leg home for uh, Yeah, that was just ridiculous. Um, I think we may have some different opinions for this one. What was your performance of the year? Um, so I went for three. Funny enough, one guy oh, on. Oh, I wonder if we've got the same three. I've gone for Izzy v Costa. Yep. Uh, Gaethje v Ferguson yep and Khabib v Gaethje no that wasn't the third I had okay who was your third Ortega against Korean Zombie yeah okay you know that that sort of uh, that didn't quite make my final three uh, I thought that was very impressive but I didn't quite have that on my shortlist uh, certainly did come to mind when I was thinking about making the list but um, I went for uh, overall out of the three, Izzy Costa was my number one. Yeah, that that was ridiculous. I, I think Gaethje versus Ferguson was a different kind of performance of the year in the fact that we know Adesanya can do that. We didn't think Gaethje could be that kind of disciplined for five rounds. Yeah. Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I think... Um, one reason, like, sort of by, this is probably your influence of the logic, but one reason that Izzy certainly got the nod was, was yes, I thought the the Ferguson fight should have been stopped. But it was stopped in a bit of a weird way, if that makes sense. Whereas that was the, freaky, the way that was stopped. Whereas the Izzy finish was like, he's done. He's got nothing left. I mean, I thought Ferguson should have been stopped earlier. But the way it eventually got stopped was a bit odd, I thought. Um, well, they asked Ferguson about it and the shaking of the head. And he said that he could feel himself going unconscious. And he was trying wow. to shake his head and keep himself conscious while moving backwards. 
Christ, that's ridiculous. So that's why he's shaking his head. He was yeah, trying to wake himself ridiculous. up. Um, I, I thought um, that was ridiculous from Gaethje. It just seemed like every time he threw, he landed. Beautiful, um, was. But yeah, Izzy was my number one. And still nearly, he ate that uppercut. So if there was an extra 10 seconds at the end of that round, it could have been a completely mm. different story. Yeah. Adesanya didn't get touched, did he? No, no. The most Organic. action you had from Costa was when he tried imitating UL, and it was like you knew he was done then because yeah, everything he spoke about, sort of being the one rushing forward, taking the center, it had all gone. He'd realised he was in far too deep, and there was nothing he could do. And he tried blaming injury after and saying it was a disgrace the way Adesanya bummed him in the octagon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I think you. Know, just stand up and celebrate yourself. You don't need to be doing any <laughs> of those sort of antics. Not that... Usually... Sort of, I just think I mean, it's just disrespectful, isn't it? You know, he's sort of doing it I, as a... Uh, as like a, you know, disrespect. I just think just get I up and celebrate with your own coach. disrespects you in the, in the build it, be as disrespectful as you want after it. And I wanted Costa to win, so... Yeah, I mean, I just think I I just I'm more of a fan of seeing like when Stipe won the bat against Verdum, he jumped over the the octagon. Why would you ever mention that? But no, but it was just the the example of like he's in with his own crowd. But my favourite celebration ever. There was, was nothing I enjoyed about that. My favourite celebration ever is Jose Aldo in Brazil when he's up on like random people's shoulders getting <laughs> like like I love celebrations like that. Like whereas. Stuff like the Izzy one or when Khabib like launches his gum shield or the worst one ever was Bisping v um, Jorge Rivera where he's like spitting into like Rivera's corner. Stuff like that, I just think like you've been he, the guy, just 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 Bisping go and celebrate your own way. Bisping says that uh, they said some choice things to him after he'd won. And they, he does say that if, if he could take one moment back in his career, that that would be it. Yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of them type of celebrations where you're you're still trying to. Well, spitting is just grim anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Bisping against Rockhold. Yeah, that do, one. Do, again, do you know where you a are? Bit of, bit of a weird one. Bit of a weird one. Um. Gaethje's celebration is as good as it gets usually when he does a little stand-up and jump off. Yeah. Uh, did he not miss it the first time he ever tried it after the Johnson yeah. fight? He had sort to of like... battering, though, to be fair. Yeah, that was a ridiculous no, fight. You're meant to be banned for like six months if you climb up on the octagon, but the UFC have no fighters left. Where have you heard that? Um, the co- it's in the commission's rules. That's why they always try and stop them. The, the maximum punishment they could give there is the six months, but usually they just get them. Back. I've never heard of a guy be banned for that. No, no, no. But they can if they if they wanted to be swined about it. You're not allowed to stand up and jump on there. So like if somebody like Nate Diaz did it, who they seem to just hate, <laughs> he'd, he would be given six months. Same celebrations there. Can you remember last year, I think it was, where someone, someone won? And they just sprinted back to the changing rooms. Like they ran up the octagon and back down the, the the tunnel, so to speak, and they had to get them back out. Try and do a BJ Penn style when he even wiped out when he wiped up Coluno. I think it was like way back in the day. And he just sprung back back up the ramp to the back to the backstage. Maybe Oliveira when he beat Jared Gordon, maybe. 
not it's, sure. It's, it's uh, criminal sure. with Oliveira when you look back now that they just, no disrespect, but they fed him cans for most of the last two years. Since losing to Felder, they gave him the ghost of Clay Guida, <laughs> Christos Yagos, the ghost of Jim Miller, David Tamer, who somehow... Oh, it's not David Tamer. I'm thinking of his brother who lost to um, Chase Hooper. But Jared Gordon, and then finally they gave him Kevin Lee. So... I don't know what they were playing at with the matchmakers. It was almost like they just don't want to. They didn't want to risk any of their main guys, or they just properly resented him tapping to strikes against Felder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he, he did take a bit of a pasting against Felder. I mean, I'm not a huge lover of people tapping to strikes, but he nearly had Felder out there to... for the first five minutes. It was unreal. The um, grappling. But Felder just banished to hang in there and then yeah. broke him. Yeah. So yeah, Alessandro Costa would, would be my performance of the year also. Yeah, agreed, agreed. What was your fight of the year? This was hard. I thought this was quite hard. We have had some good fights this year. Um, but the two main ones, so I'll go for one woman's fight, one one man's fight. Um not that not that they make them any different. I thought Zhang uh, v Joanna was ridiculous. Oh, that was a really good fight. Um, but my actual fight of the year uh, and one that I really didn't know how to score was uh, Poirier v Hooker. I thought that, that actually was a fight brilliant of the year fight in the Spitball End of Year Awards. Okay. I voted for Whaley against Joanna, essentially just for the fact that. The, the the standard did hold up over the five rounds. You did have what was it like round three maybe yeah. of the hooker fight where I mean they wanted a time off or they both sensed like I need a round on the board here so I need to take the other one down. You didn't really yeah, get okay. that with Whaley Joanna. So the no, quality that's fair enough. But I just thought the the poor UV hooker one one of the reasons I go for that is I I did think Whaley won. I genuinely got lost trying to score the hooker one because yeah. it was just ridiculous like the knees up the middle from the hooker the body work by Poirier yeah. the, the shots he started to land at the end oh, it, I just thought it was brilliant I thought it was such if, a good fight if there had been a stoppage that, that would have sealed it for me because always for me when I look back at my, my favourite fights ever I like there to be a conclusive finish yeah and so them both going to decision, I, I do I do agree that they were the top two. But if one had a finish, then that would have charmed it for me. That's fair. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, worst fight of the year. I mean, we mentioned um, Alessandro Romero already. Yeah. The, the, the one that the one that took the cake for me. Um, Holly Holm against Raquel Pennington. That was dreadful. Crikey yeah. me. That was even Dana yeah. after. And Raquel had the, had the nerve to moan after saying all Holm did was uh, hold me still. When all Pennington did was lock back up with her every single time she yeah. got free. So I don't know horrific. what she was playing at. It was horrific. There was two others that I sort of gave a mention to were Derek Lewis for Ilya Latifi. Um, 
Not necessarily. Latifi that, won that fight as well. Not necessarily that it was like the worst fight I've ever seen, but I sort of expected it to be so much more. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this one is a bit left field because it wasn't actually terrible, but it, in my eyes, it was terrible. It was Uriah Hall v Anderson Silva? Yeah, that was just, that was just because, like, I don't know what else people thought was going to happen. And then, sort of, Hall being, like, you know, like really scared that he'd, he'd knocked out Anderson after the fight. And I just remember tweeting, if you can't hand, if you can't handle giving out the smoke, why are you fighting? You know, that should be your number one priority is taking the other guy's head off. And he's absolutely like crying when he's wiped his jaw out. Blades, um, uh, as much as I love him, Blades Volkov was bad, wasn't it? When yeah, Blades was knackered yeah. from holding him down for five rounds after. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't great. There's, been, uh, there's always a few shockers. I mean, sort of like, the, I was sort of just thinking about this before the pod and thinking about how best to phrase this, but sort of with the, the silver one, do you know you've like, everyone's got that one mate who's got quite a good punch on him? Me. I'm now starting. That's me for you, isn't it? No, no. I'm now starting to believe that that mate that everyone's got could actually knock Silver out. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I'm not saying they would knock him out before Silver knocked them out. My point is, like, if if some if anybody connected flush on Silver's jaw, there's just nothing left. His chin well, is for a couple of so fights, gone. No one was able to. Well, yeah. Cannonier stopped him with leg kicks, didn't he? Yeah, I think, to be honest, he probably would have got wiped out eventually by Cannonier if he wouldn't have been wiped out by the leg kicks because that wasn't exactly like it was like, you know, four minutes, 30 seconds into the fifth round. It was first round, wasn't it? Yeah, Anderson uh, has one win on his record since 2013 um, and that was against Brunson and he lost that fight and they just gave him the decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That included yeah, no I mean, contest against Nick Diaz as well. We are looking back, sort of. I mean, I'm looking more recent that he did have that sort of two years off before the Adesanya fight. I mean, look, I don't know how is he never slumped him, but that was almost because it looked like he just didn't want to. Um, but his chin is just awful. But yeah, I honestly think that there would be a few people around the world that would genuinely be thinking if I connected with him. Yeah. I could knock him out, but he is like you know he's not far off fifty years of age. Do you know what I mean? He, he's forty five. Yeah, he's forty five, rising forty six. <laughs> he shouldn't still be fighting, and I think Dana White has now said he never fight yeah. UFC again. But I mean, how how are we still having that discussion at the well, end? Well, the of worst thing with that is Dana then doesn't release them from their contracts, so they can't go and fight elsewhere, even if they want to. Well, I think, to be honest... Retiring dis- doesn't take you off your contracts. With the I UFC. disagree with sort of saying that, you know, he, uh, I think it's bad that he locks people in, but on this particular <laughs> occasion, I think he's doing Liddy Anderson a favour. Well, remember, he paid Chuck not to fight, didn't he? He would give him a certain amount of money each year just to not have to fight. Yeah, 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 I've heard that before. And then Chuck carried on anyway. Um... Surprised he's not doing it for his boy Tito. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, at one point he claimed that he'd get in there and fight Tito. Yeah, because he actually hated him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently he's preparing for a boxing match with Tito. Yeah. Comeback of the year. Um, I had a couple, Dan. Um, we had okay. Chase Hooper against Peter Barrett 
Like yeah, I had ago. that down. Yeah, yeah. Um, Darius against uh, Drakkar close, yeah, where he's getting pummeled and then came back. And another one that slipped my mind is we were both on over him against Sakai and kind of were resigned to defeat after about three rounds. Yeah. And then over him just broke Sakai and did a number on him. No, I was on Sakai. Were you? Yeah, I was. No, I was. I was hating. I was loving life, and um, I mean, I can't pick. I can't pick an Overeem fight right at the minute. Um, <laughs> I just always think back when I went, when I, uh, I had him uh, to sort of do a bit of a number on Rosen striking, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's won. I, t- I actually turned it over to watch the Hong Kong Vars <laughs> horse race and turned back and realised that. That cut on his lip wasn't there before. Yeah. I do love it when the fights where you, you visibly see the person break. Yeah, and it's great. And you saw Although, if you're on the guy whose gas tank seems to fail, yeah, it's just horrific. Like, um, another guy that could be given a mention here was, like, the Bektic fight. Yeah. When uh, Bektic just like looked like he was going to absolutely more... Um, uh, Damon Jackson, is that the yeah. name? Um, and I was like, oh, God, you know, just hurry up and get this finished and we can sort of, you know, tick a leg off the acker. And then uh, Bektic's gas tank just emptied like uh, it was literally like somebody had popped the balloon and just all the air had gone out of it. All I think about that with that is Damon Jackson's hairline. One yeah, of the worst terrible. ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not there <laughs> So come back yes. I would probably give it to Hooper Barrett to be fair. Hooper's claimed since that he wasn't that far behind, but for everyone else watching No, he he, he was, was definitely not winning. Yeah, he was definitely not winning the fight and um one of the ones where I was actually on the right side of the comeback. Yeah. Uh, but it was brilliant to see him just like cinch up a lovely leg lock and, and get and the job done. Mugged by Julian Robertson, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, referee of the year. No nonsense, Keith. We don't even need to debate this, do we? The legend that is no nonsense. Every time that we're watching the UFC and I text Jack about <laughs> and he's not had a gig for three fives, and I just text him we need some no nonsense. Um, well, sadly, he doesn't look like he gets much of action in the apex. Um, so I, I don't know. Is it? Or maybe he's uh, Florida-based or something. I don't know. Well, to be fair, it's bad when you're in a if you're in a car with someone and they and they get in and they stink of cigarette smoke. That apex <laughs> is very big. <laughs> maybe Dane is smelling some booze from across the octagon. That was outrageous from Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, thinking back on it, how on earth he actually got away with saying that that he stung with booze and fags. Because the, the fags thing isn't pleasant, but that isn't hindering your refereeing of a fight. The booze thing, I feel that is an issue. <laughs> My favourite ever was uh, <laughs> for anybody that wants to laugh, just go and uh, YouTube Dana White talking about Steve Mazagai. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's because just in like, like Yamasaki a, as well. He's just in a press conference and he just goes, uh, oh, wait a minute. Does anybody here agree that uh Masagari is a fucking small bag? He, he and then he's like uh, still. 
and he's like ripping him saying yeah you know the guys in the octagon sort of working out what he's going to have for his tea and what he needs to get from the shop <laughs> Yamasaki was the one where he was uh, repping Shevchenko in her first fight at uh, um, flyweight where the woman took like 200 unanswered strikes and <laughs> asked Yamasaki yeah. after and he said yeah. I gave it a chance to be a warrior <laughs> he, he gave her the love art and she said I still want some more yeah personality of the year Bisping for you uh, I'm personally not going for Big Mike no um, DC yeah DC is slightly growing on me to be fair Felder yeah Felder not, not too bad not too I love bad. Felder I, I, like, I like the fact Felder's been in there and I like the fact he doesn't take himself too seriously um no, I like the fact he's pretty. He is pretty relaxed. Like he's not. He doesn't get too overly excited at times. Like he's he's pretty calm. Yeah. Whereas like you get DC like a good jab lands and he's sort of out of his seat. Yeah, I did. DC's worst when he's got Rogan next to him. I did. I do remember. Well, Rogan is just ridiculous these days, isn't he? I think it was Dan Hooker who just beat Jim Miller, and then Felder was interviewed him after, and he said, "I know a certain." Uh, Rank lightweight, or I'd like to get in there with. And Fowler like puffed his chest out, and he's like, "You know, I've been waiting for someone to be next to me and have the balls to actually come out and call me out, stood right here, shaking his hand in the octagon, yeah, like just off yeah. to slay the dragon." That was actually a great, fight yeah, well. yeah. To be fair, Hooker's been in some great fights, and I actually don't mind some of Hooker's um, post-fight press conf- uh, post-fight interviews. The best one was. I, I did like it when he said, but, uh, yeah. when fan. he was like, you know, get you need to get somebody out here that's on my level because these boys are yeah. just getting hurt. And <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. Like, I thought that is a good line. Like, uh, one of my favourites from this year, was, I think that was Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams, Williams And he yeah. said, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, you so know. You sleep on me and the doctor and keep waking him up. Yeah, and I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Boy, such a good line. <laughs> Such a good line. Well, it's like Colby tries that, doesn't he, where he tried learning them beforehand and then he splutters them when he's in like a press conference. Yeah. So Chaos yeah. delivered that perfectly. Yeah. I'm thinking about my personality of the year is, I don't know if I can give it 21, but DC, but I'll give it to DC unless you want to agree to Felder. I'm, I'm happy with DC. I think DC's uh, like I say, DC's growing on me. I wasn't sure about him at first, but he he's certainly gotten better over the last sort of years. His his show with Helwani is sensational. Yeah, you do always sell that to me. To be fair, I'm always cracking up with that. I'm real commentator of the year. I don't think that we can say much more than the people we've already spoken about. What about John Anik? Yeah, I like John Anik. Uh, he is one that I do like, but I, I do kind of like the people that are commentators rather than being fighters. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think it does work better. It's almost like you get it in football sometimes as well, that you know the people they have in the studio, you just wonder how on earth they've ever got the job, but it is because they used to play the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some merit to saying that John Anik is, is the best commentator. Who's your coach of the year? Um, I mean, bit of a hard one, but I actually went for... um, This was a bit of a struggle for me, but um, I went for the City Kickboxing coach, um, 
who sort of has, you know, Volko, Izzy, yeah. um, some lower fighters like Kaikara France. And I just thought possibly it might have been better to give it than maybe even last year. Eugene. But yes, uh, Eugene. Eugene um, Behrman. Behrman, yes. Um, I just thought, for me, to maintain two fighters at a championship level, when you're quite a small gym and that you weren't really that known about 18 months to two years ago, I thought was pretty brilliant. Um, yeah. So I actually went for uh, Eugene Behrman, um, although his name did just escape me for a minute. It should be Mark Henry for his work with Sarge. Well, you know, that is your girl, Sarge. Um. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. If it wasn't him, I would have probably gone for Trevor Whitman, and that's purely just yeah. for his management of um, Gaethje. I love that, his corner work um, during the fight with um, Ferguson, and then he's yeah. got Rosie, got the win over Andrade this year, and he's working with uh, yeah. Kamara Usman now as well. I believe, oh, okay. So. okay. Yeah, I mean, Brendan I Shaw, think, though, um... so that, that goes against him. I do think Trevor Whitman is a brilliant coach. I really do. I think he is a great coach. But uh, for me, just the fact that Gaethje, yes, he won the interim belt, but then he didn't keep hold of it and got beat by Khabib. But even in the Khabib fight, I thought he was a very, I thought he was very well cornered. At the end of the first round, he said about going for the leg kicks again, but he said, don't get reckless with it. Make sure you stay on your feet. But it's very easy to say that type of stuff, I suppose. It's very hard to execute the game plan if you're if you're. uh, You wouldn't want to bump into Trevor Whitman in a dark alley. (laughs) <laughs> he scares the hell out of me yeah I think he's a very good coach of course he, he's one of the top guys in the sport event of the year for me was UFC 249 first card back after the lockdown yep you start off with an exciting Sam Alvey fight which you can't say very often <laughs> nearly got chinned in the last round by Ryan Spann that was horrendous wasn't it absolutely you, horrendous you then had Bryce Mitchell put on that clinic against Julian Arosa yeah, that was ridiculous. Like Bryce Mitchell against another high-level jiu-jitsu guy, and he was getting. I think yeah, he, he did right even not get like one thirty twenty-four, which was ridiculous. Yeah, he nearly had the twister several times as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you then had Luke against Price, which did deliver. The UFC didn't give it the kiss of death. Yeah. Um, Olenek versus for Doom. The less said about that, the better. Yeah, that was uh, that will get a mention shortly. <laughs> um. Pettis, Pettis Cerrone, which which was decent. I'm glad yep. Pettis got the job done there. Yep. Kelvin Qatar folding Jeremy Stevens with that elbow. Yeah, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and Garnu wasted no time against Rosenstrike. The quickest windmill going. Yeah, the birth of no nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Keith in Cejudo against Cruz. And then Ferguson Gaethje, which managed to remain tense despite being a beatdown for five rounds. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah, very, very good card. 249 was... I struggled to, um, yeah, to look past that. Most of the decisions were either really one-sided from great performances or really close. And then you yeah. had some brilliant finishes as well. So, yeah, I, I also thought that was probably the event of the year. As you say, it was kind of hard because we did have that little bit of hiatus, but um, I thought that was a brilliant card and, and really kicked things off again in uh, down in Jacksonville. Yeah, for, for worst event of the year, I did take down a couple. We have had some stinkers this year. Through, some through no fault of the UFC, some through, I think... I think they well, have, they, I think the fact that they... 
they were trying to back events up at the end of the year to get people out when uh, unfortunately we had sort of maybe some fighters had fought recently so we didn't have a lot of main event talent left was was maybe the worry for some of the well, events i remember but, them saying that um they had the deal with espn and dana said right after lockdown kicked in we'll be delivering the same we'll be delivering all of our events still yeah so he made sure they went and did that. I took three down. You've mentioned one of them already. Yeah, Calvillo VI. Was, that was my worst event of the year. I, I actually put that down because oh, wow. that actually wasn't too bad in terms of the other fights on the card from memory. It was kind mm, of... It was a lot of... In, there was a lot no of decisions. Expectations. Yeah. But they were split as well because like Charles Rosa Aguilar, you had Andre Fini, yeah. Charles Jordan. I really like Charles Jordan as well. Yeah. Um, the ones I had down were um, Uriah Hall against Anderson Silva. Yeah, that was terrible. Bryce Mitchell, Andre Feely was good, but then the rest. I mean, my man Alex Hernandez getting a win in round one. You had Kevin Holland against that. And I say bum, feels a bit harsh. In Charles, <laughs> Charlie Altaveros. Yeah. Bobby you Green had, uh... getting robbed by Thiago Moises. Yeah, that was horrendous. That actually let us down a joint accumulator and I thought Bobby Green personally won the fight. Yeah. Although it was very close. It was very close. All of the ones I've down, um, Dana refused to give a fight of the night bonus for. Wow, okay. So that uh, that one, I also had down um, Holly Holm against Irene Aldana, which I'd actually forgotten happened. Yeah. It was that rough. Yeah, that um, was pretty poor. He had... Five back-to-back decisions on the prelim card. You then had um, two kind of uh, not much going on with Kyla Phillips and uh, Todorovic. Yep. The highlight of the card was Jermaine Durandamy putting a guillotine on Juliana Pena, which no one really saw coming. Yeah. Holly Holm Aldana was just a clinic. And then in the co-main, the UFC cursed it again, where they said that, look, Jorgen de Castro is never in a boring fight. <laughs> and then they yeah. had that painfully slow decision. And the other one I had down, actually, was... Um, but it's not like he's been in barn burners every fight he's been in no, in the UFC. He, got, he slumped someone and then got slumped, and they were like, hey, look... <laughs> um, did he, not, did he not slump the guy that looks very much like um, Shuey? Two of us, yeah. Two of us, yeah. Shuey Vassa. And it wasn't bad, the Brunson Shibazi. It was just the fact that like 10 fights fell through on the card. That's not an exaggeration. 10 yeah. fights literally fell through. And so you had three decisions on the four-fight prelim cards and then Jonathan Martinez beat Frankie Sines. Then probably the best fight was Bobby Green against Lando Venata. Yeah, that wasn't bad, to be fair. I quite enjoyed that. My man Vicente Luque beat Randy Brown, which I always love seeing Vicente Luque. Yeah, he's rarely in a boring fight. He is one guy you can say that about. Jennifer Meyer beat Joanne Calderwood to set up the fight with Shevchenko. And then Derek Brunson beat the stuff in Ashabazian, so... Yeah, which I was surprised that was so one-sided. I thought that was going to be quite a close fight. 
So the worst one for me would probably be between Hall Silver and Hall Maldana. Yeah. I think it's got to be Hall Maldana, really. Yeah, fair enough. Because Bryce Mitchell, Andre Feely probably saved it for me. And Kevin Holland just being Kevin Holland on the Hall Silver card. Although I do, that main event, I don't think I've ever been less interested in a UFC main event. No. So, so yeah, Hall Maldana would be my, my worst event of the year. The decisions no, they had right. were all 30-27s or 30-26s as well, so they weren't even close. So you can have decision fights, and if you have, like, say, four split decisions, then you've got a good, good card in your hands, but this yeah. was just horrendous. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good fight, unfortunately. And are you sticking with iCalvio or are you? Uh... Um, iCalvio, just on the basis that it was, it was so bad. Like I, I, I really cool. didn't enjoy it at all. I like um, Jessica I as well. So, even yeah, I just, I just thought <laughs> it was a, it was a really poor fight. All right, um, a couple to run through then. So. I felt like an idiot. So when did you feel most like an idiot this year for a fight you picked wrong? Uh, I've actually gone for a slightly alternative. This isn't necessarily a fight I, I picked wrong. Um, it's not a fight I picked wrong. Uh, the most, the time I most felt like an idiot this year, staying up and paying twenty pounds to watch McGregor more cowboy. Um, that was the time I felt most like an idiot, getting sucked into the fact that it might be a competitive fight when it was never ever going to be. Um, that was probably my, oh, my I, pick. I actually bet on the round one there. It was ridiculous they even made that fight. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I felt more like an idiot having sat through Pennington against uh, Holman. That. Um, me, I, I referenced earlier, I picked uh, Paolo Costa over Adesanya. Yeah. Which couldn't really have gone worse, so... That, that was the standout for me, is, is me feeling like an idiot. Yeah. When did you feel like a genius? Uh, probably when I landed the correct fight outcome treble in the three championship fights, UFC 251. So we had Usman by decision, Volko by decision, and Jan by um, stoppage. And that was pretty nice. Uh, I think I may have been on that with you with less on. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right because you, um, I'm pretty sure you kept saying, God, Jorge's got nothing left. He keeps giving Usman uh, his neck. And I'm like, look, just relax. Because I would have Usman's had more, just, Usman's just going to lie on him. I was big on um, Andrade over Rose. Yeah, no, I picked Rose to be Andrade that day. Um, Robbery. I just backed uh, some robbery. I just backed that as a treble, as as those three yeah. sort of correct. And I, and I thought that was um, it's nice. It's hard to get three title fights correct, let alone by correct method. Also, that was a fun main card, other than the main event. If we could have swapped the main event for Uzdemir against, um, I don't know, playing Jiri, we'll just call him. Yeah, and that was quite a good one. Um, I felt like a genius taking that case off you with Gaethje over Ferguson. Yeah, okay, fair enough. No, I didn't. Beautiful. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't brilliant. Um, I felt so tense watching that; it was insane. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a really really 
good performance by Gaethje, but uh, one that will not live long in the memory for Tony Ferguson. Um, Which fighter cost you the most money in 2020? I've got three names. Um, So you mentioned Bobby Green v. Fiago Morzes a minute ago. That let us down quite a big accumulator um, after getting pretty much every fight correct on the card. Uh, Tony Ferguson has killed me um, against Gaethje and against uh, Charles Oliveira. Um, plus the case bet that you just mentioned a minute ago. For any of the viewers that don't know this, me and Luke will very often have a fight and we bet for a case of drink uh, of the other's choice. Um, So, yeah, uh, Ferguson obviously killed me the case plus some various bets. Um, And uh, Verdum, after saying that... uh, he was the biggest shirt of the year to be Olenek. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise how old Verdun had got in his time off. Um, that was so horrible. Yeah. And he finally well, realised like he worked out how to beat him by taking him down and then suddenly uh, couldn't finish the armbar and let him get up and it was just horrendous. The best with that was where it was the, the first card back, we set up that group chat with like six of us in there and just everyone just raging at once. with. Verdun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, horrendous, I, absolutely horrendous. So they were the three that cost me the most this year. I had the Doom down, probably the other one, and I don't learn my lesson because um, I've consistently picked all of his fights wrong over the years. Um, Neil Magny. Yeah. few yeah. fights, eight more in the UFC. He's one that he's got that quit in. Him, him beating my man the leech at UFC 248 riled me. Yeah, fair I think enough. I may even have picked Rocco Martin to beat him, which is mental looking back. Well, Neil Magny is one of those that when he puts it all together, he looks brilliant, but he has so many off nights. He's I mean, one of those guys that I imagine they just talk about as being the best guy in the gym. Like you never see anything like it, but he only comes yeah. to the table half the time. And the the law the Lawler one, I think that was hard overhead. Yeah, that's fair. UFC two forty eight could have should have been event of the year if it wasn't for that dreadful main event. When I was just looking back at it, I mean, you had Chikadze opened up the uh, fight pass prelims. He had a yeah. pretty good fight with Gerard Mircher and Duran Wynn, that little midget. Mm-hmm. And then Rodolfo Vereira, Safarov was good. Mark Madsen, Austin Hubbard, not bad. Then you had O'Malley against Quinones. Alex Oliveira against Max Griffin, which was just a bloody mess. Yeah. Magdi Jingliang, we can ignore that. But Darius Closer was obviously unreal. Zhang Weili against Joanna, unreal. And then it was like, this is going to be the best card of all time. We've still got Adesanya Romero to come. <laughs> and then we had that. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, five fights that you want in 2021. Do you want me to uh, give mine, then you give yours? Yeah. So, Miocic against Jones. I've wanted that for so long. I'd rather have that than Jones and Garnier. Okay. Um, McGregor against Gaethje. Yep. Holloway against Zabit. Okay. I want to see Zabit get crushed so badly. Yeah. And then two um, less high-profile. I want to see... Vicente Luque against Matt Brown. Wow. Okay. Just for how mental that would be. 
and I've wanted it for years. We're going to need the UFC to make a signing here. I want John Lineker against Cody Garbrandt stood in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> yeah, okay. Although, okay. assuming we, we don't get that, I actually really like the idea of Aldo against Garbrandt. Wow. Well, I'm not sure I like that. I'm not sure I like that one bit. And Garbrandt needs to stay the hell away from just about every fight he's linked with because he wants to go down and face Figueredo or he wants to face Petty Yan. Uh, so I don't know what... He's stuck now. Go down and be weight-drained against Figueredo or stay up and have the chin plus the efficiency and power of Piotr Yan. So. No, fair, fair. Okay. Um, so I, I've got pretty different to you, to be fair. Um, I've got Jones v Izzy. Yeah. I just think it'd be great. Um, I was sort of saying earlier in the year that I thought there was absolutely no way that Jones would get beat by Izzy just because he'd have the wrestling plus the striking. But I'm actually less convinced now than I was at the start of the year that that's the way that fight would go. Um, number two, I've got... Uh, Jones again, but Jones v Stipe like yourself. Um, because I just think that'd be a great fight, and let's see, um, let's see how Jones actually handles it up at the uh, heavyweight limit. Yeah. Uh, one fight that I think has already been booked for um, February, but given how good Ortega looked last time out, I'd love to see him against Volko. I think that'd be a great fight. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, Usman v Colby two just because of how good it was yeah. first time round at the end of 2019, and I'd love to see Colby get another go. And then finally, uh, I've got one that wouldn't be for a championship or is very unlikely to be, but I'd love to see Cody v O'Malley. Um, yeah. Let O'Malley come back and get a, a win or two first um, and then get him in there with Cody and let's see actually yeah, how, good he, how good he really is. Um, and I think, you know, Cody might take his head off, but equally Cody might get his head taken off. Yeah. Ones to watch for 2021. Um, okay. I, I think we I've both got, said... I've got Fiziev, one, little, one little guy and one big guy. My little guy being Raphael Fiziev and my bigger guy being Jury Prashevara. Um Yeah, I think both of those two could go pretty well. My only worry would be Fiziev did get beat uh, not so long ago Yeah. Um, with that horrendous... Uh, spinning back kick. Spinning back kick. Um but he just looked very good for sort of as the year went on this year. He's got really sharp striking. Um, and then for Jury, uh, I think his last loss was about five years ago to um, Mohamed Lawal. Um, he subsequently beat him and then obviously he's put together quite a few good performances outside of the octagon and then had some decent wins inside the octagon as well. So I think he could certainly go close in yeah. what is starting to look like a pretty weak division um, in terms of sort of natural 205-pounders or guys that are only going to fight in that weight. So if we sort of remove Izzy, he's going to float about. I certainly can see Jury mopping up a lot yeah. of the, the top 10 guys in that division. So um, someone... I actually I actually Sorry. think I read he's been booked against Don Reyes um, sort of first quarter of 2021. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. A, You're right which will be a really good fight to see yeah. quite what we're dealing with. Perhaps if he gets beat there, he might not be a one to watch. Yeah. If he wins there, then he, he could well be uh, one of the next guys in line, depending on how the fight uh, with um, Izzy and Yarn yeah. goes, and obviously depending on what they think uh, is next for Glover. Well, someone that hasn't debuted yet, and that's Mason Jones uh, from Wales. Okay. I... 
was able to. I think I covered his last fight in Cage Warriors with with uh, with my brother, but he he looks brilliant. He's the first Cage Warriors fighter to hold two belts simultaneously since Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. and he can strike, he can wrestle, he can do just about everything. So he'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Wales have got some great fighters coming through. You got Jack Shaw there as well, and the other one, the Forgotten Man, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah, last, okay. Last time out, battered Neil Magny. Yeah, okay. And then we've not seen him since, so I want him in there with the corpse of um, Tyron Woodley to get that name on his record. <laughs> yeah. And fair. then we'll see where we go from there. Um, last couple of questions. How many champs lose their belt in 2021? Not many. I've only I've got, got two. three. I've got two. Are they Blahovic? Yeah. To Izzy? Yeah. And Stipe? No, Volkanovski gets beat by Ortega. Oof. I'll be back in Ortega, my boy. TC. They're the two well, I, I think uh, are most likely to lose their belt. Obviously, uh, I've eliminated what's happening with Khabib because uh, I'm yeah. assuming that he is sort of already, if he, if he comes back, he keeps it. If he leaves... It doesn't come back, he vacates yeah, it. Yeah, therefore, I didn't, yeah, I didn't count anyone that vacates. I've got, I think Ngannou beats Stipe next time. Okay. And in similar fashion to uh, you taking T-City, my girl Jessica Andrade is going to beat the brakes off Shevchenko and take that belt. Wow, okay. I'm happy to case on that. I'm not sure I'll be doing that. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll be nervy enough. Um, best coach combo for the return of tough this was quite a hard one I thought um, when I looked at it I thought I wouldn't have minded seeing Israel and Whitaker, but obviously that's no longer going to be happening as a fight or certainly not in the immediate future um, I suppose it all depends on what weight class they do I wouldn't mind seeing Stipe coach uh, I thought he was pretty good um, Colby Jorge he's got to be yeah, that would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. The amount of shit those two would chat would be brilliant. All bring Chael back. Yeah, no, unfortunately that's not going to happen, is it? But no, I'm happy to roll with Colby and Jorge. Chael should have been our personality of the year, really. Yeah, he should have been, but unfortunately he's not been that active, has he, this year? Well, DC's retired. He's, he's still got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Colby, yeah. Colby Jorge for me is, is the one. Uh, yeah, no, that would be good. That would be good. Hard down, does Khabib return? Khabib actually did an interview yesterday. Right. And it seems that the only people who don't consider him retired are his manager and Dana, which... Yeah, I think he's two, got, I don't think he'll come back. Well, he, he said um, yesterday, he said... Um, trying to find the exact quote. He said, um, my belt will be taken by the winner of Dustin and Connor. And because he said, look, he said he's not coming back. Yeah. He says, um, we're in touch with Dana White. I've asked why the belt is not vacant. Apparently they want me to come back. I've been in, I've been in league for nine years. There's already a history of fan base. Their desires are clear. Um, I will not hide the fact that they offer me to return. But we will meet with Dana soon and I will discuss. I will tell him there is not a possibility that I will return. 
So yeah, okay. Essentially, just Dana not listening because they asked him, and Dana said he's committed to a meeting with me next month. He and I are going to sit down. We're going to find out how persuasive I can be, and I'll bet on me every time. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I Khabib's, saw that. Khabib's better to sit on the sidelines, add an extra few zeros to what happens, and then if he really wants to come back, then come back. But at the moment, he's better off letting things play out. I just can't see him coming back, unfortunately. Well, no, because the most interesting fight for him is probably Dubronx. And yeah. It's not doing a lot for me, to be honest. No. So, I respect it. If, if he says he's retired, so who knows said he retired? They had the belt vacant the next day. Yeah, that's very true. Khabib obviously makes the most money for them, even with McGregor included now, that they go over mm-hmm. to Abu Dhabi. So, mm-hmm. and I always go back to um, what DC said when he was asked about fighting Jones for a third time, and he said, I don't like the person I become when I prepare to face John Jones. And Khabib probably feels similar about facing McGregor. So, yeah. Probably the money isn't, isn't worth it. How, no. how he'd be feeling. No, that's very true. No, that's very true. Same as if they offered Aldo it again. I think Aldo would say it's not worth it. Like, no one's going to forget what happened the first time and <laughs> it doesn't need to be doing it. So there we go. And then the last question I had for you, which uh, I didn't send to you your favourite moment of the year and why is it Stefan Struve getting hit low against the <laughs> That, that was that was truly brilliant. That was absolutely comical. Um, I was just absolutely cracking up at about half four in the morning <laughs> watching that. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, best moment of the year, absolutely. So there we go. Our 2020 roundup is complete. Good luck for Adesanya. Bad luck for Paolo Costa. Well, it doesn't say a lot for him that our five fights to watch for 2021, none of us picked one for Paolo Costa. So, no, that's fair. No, that's fair. I know it should be an interesting year. I'm sure we'll get some new contenders and we'll be speaking about loads of different guys coming yeah. into 2021. But, uh, do you think sure. Sahudo comes back this year? Sorry to, uh, there's more chance that he comes back than Khabib, yeah. I think. We well, he, he retired to settle down with his girlfriend and then they, she dumped him like a month after. Yeah, okay. Uh, he might come back. He might come back but at the same time I don't know what money he's got and I don't know what money he's, he wants. He's irritating me as well with it. every time he wins fights. It's like him going on about he's the real champ. If you're the UFC, you sell more pay-per-views putting Figueredo in there than you do Cejudo. So yeah, yeah that's makes, very true. It doesn't make much sense for you. Be a bit, a bit decent fight if those two fought. Yeah. Said we'd be about an hour, hour 41, so I I'm going to have to get you to stop talking. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's so, me. Thanks again for listening to our end of year roundup. This is the last podcast we will be dropping for 2020 as per. We will be back with normal Spitballing Pod on the 4th of January. We'll be back with Movie Mad that's on the 7th of January. So, Happy New Year for now, and we'll be back. Goodbye.